guys, my name is Galit Friedlander. I've worn many hats in the dance world over the last 15 plus years and have created Dance Speak as a platform for people in the dance industry to share their stories and blueprints for success. So listen up and get ready to be inspired, learn something new, and get personal with the people behind the movements you love. Damn. How, you know, I, I've rarely um, done a second. Are you my first second interview? I don't know. I'm, not the, I'm not the lady to ask. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. Oh, no. You're my second second interview. All right. Wow. Who was your first second? Antoine. Antoine Troop. Oh, okay. Yeah. And, yeah, we bounce off a lot of ideas, so it's happened really naturally. Oh, this is really exciting for me, Jojo. So, and I'm like, usually, I, you know, go over how we know each other and stuff, but this is second interview. Right. We could start differently. How do you introduce yourself when people are asking you, like, what do you do if it's like a stranger outside of the dance world? Usually, like, so I'll, I've been like picking up some random shifts here and there with Lyft. Oh, awesome. Just because it's, I kind of like it, actually. You're... This oh like do you know Craig Holloman? No. Oh Lindsay B and Craig. Oh yeah yeah Lindsay. Yeah. Okay yeah. Craig, we did an interview a long time ago, and he does like tons of like industry and stuff, and yeah. he was giving these amazing stories about his lift driving. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. So I don't know you know just for the holidays I wanted to like pick up some extra shifts or whatever, and um, I also like it because I I do love like talking to people and talking about mental health and. Um, my friend was like, you should come up with a name and a slogan. I was like, I'll lift you up. <laughs> but, but anyway. But you know, I, was, I do have people like on Lyft, you know, in Lyft or whatever, who have no context for like not only who I am, but like being able, like even able to describe what I do. So that's, so that's definitely an, a question that I have to answer. But I would say I just, I just mostly talk about like, you know, I'm, I'm a performer. I perform in Vegas um, on the strip, but it's. You know, I'm not really supposed to talk about it too much, you know, because uh, we're all, you know, supposed to be anonymous and everything like that. Oh, but I didn't know that. Yeah, so <clears throat> depending on the character, I'll kind of talk about, like, you know, what show it is or whatever. But for the most part, we just, you know, we, we like to keep it most so anonymous. And, you know, I'll talk about, you know, I have a nonprofit dance event that's, like, very special for people. And um, I do a lot of, like, coaching and stuff like that. So... That's usually, it's usually not like a, I don't have an elevator speech. Yeah. I usually, it just turns into a conversation. That's so cool. And then what is your thought? So, so many dancers coming to Los Angeles have this whole conversation around working a job that's not a dance job while they're take you know, building their dance work. And you've been through so much of your career already. Yeah. What's your view on that now? On, like, taking jobs that aren't dance jobs? Yeah. And, like, yeah, supporting actually, yourself versus... Well, yeah, so Lyft is actually the first non-dance job I've had in years. I mean, maybe a seven, eight-year period. And I I just, I don't know, I'm just, I have time, so I'm, I'm just doing it, right? And the great thing about Lyft is, for example... Like I can work, if I wanted to work 40 hours one week and then never again, that's that's how you could do it, right? Yeah. So I do think that having a, a job where you're not, you know, I guess you could say like inconveniencing the business, <laughs> like that's important to consider because if you can't be there for them when they need you, that's like also something to consider just besides your own wants and needs. So that's something. Um, but otherwise, it's just, for me, it's just about your why. It's really just about your why. Like 
For me, I want to continue to build funds so that I can support myself as I transition into like more coaching and mental health stuff. So I know that there's going to be a bit of a shift in that. Like, so I'm just growing my savings stronger mm-hmm. so that there's no stress for me and that I don't ever have to feel pressured to, to do or, you know, to do anything that I don't want to do that's not on my like moral compass yeah so some I think if you just have a plan it's still in line with what it is that you're creating to do you know you don't want to for me in my opinion you don't want to just have a job and then you get lazy and then you're like whoa it's been five years you know but then at the same time I don't think it's it's like I don't think it's any more honorable to not take that job and then delay what it is that you want to create. Like, yeah, just do it. Do whatever's gonna make it happen for yourself. You know. So, what have you learned dancing with the Jabberwockies? Oh what my has that god! This I could talk for an hour. I didn't even. It's so crazy because I remember you doing it, but we have so many. <laughs> we talk about everything else. Yeah. So my brain is like, oh my goodness, this yeah. is a whole world that we didn't even. <laughs> it's it's huge. Um, all right, so first I want to give a shout out to Janae Rosebud. She was officially the first female to go on to Jabberwockies. She did like they had a uh, I don't know like kind of like a TV dance show thing, but I believe that it aired on YouTube. But they did like a whole thing where they had like an audition and everything. So anyway, she's technically the first female to make it on to the Jabberwockies. And um, then they had auditions last year, like a month after I moved to Vegas. My friend shoots me the flyer and she's like, hey, I think they're accepting females this year. And I was like, what? Because I used to get down with Rain and like in Cyphers like a decade ago. So I know I know them. Like I watched them sort of grow into what they are. And so it was crazy. And yeah, so I went to the audition and obviously I made it. And me and Janae made it onto this uh, the show in Vegas. And so first of all, I think that part of the reason that they took me was because they knew that like my skill as a dancer was really excellent. But I think when, I think the first day when I started learning their choreo, I think everybody was like, oh, like this isn't how she moves. And so um, it was inc- like, I, like hum- humbling is not the right word. Like it was beyond humbling. Like to be put back into a position of being a beginner after so long, um, to feel the pressure of being a female, to feel like so many people would want that position and I here I was like kind of screwing it up and with like no real understanding of how to get out because everything about how they move is like the opposite of how I've been training my body to move. Like everything is like tight and stiff and I've literally like forced my mind to like breathe through everything and not have sharp lines and then also to dance like a guy like to think about how I'm standing in my hips and my fingers like everything has to be a man and so all of this was like I mean I'm talking like practicing with tears on my cheeks like feeling like I'm whack as shit and finally like just um you know something I talked about in my class a lot was trying to enjoy your frustration. And I was sitting there practicing and I was just so stressed out. And Jade, uh, who was my boyfriend at the time, he was like, uh, most people know him by soul. And he was like, what's that thing you always talk about in your class? And I was like, I don't know. And he, so anyway, but we figured it out. He was like, oh yeah, 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 enjoy your frustration. He's like, that's what you need to do. And that, that helped me a ton. It just was like, oh, I gotta put my money where my mouth is. So I started praying and then I really got from God that like, 
because I asked him like why why Jabberwockies specifically you know like why this group and I just really heard that like I know how to keep balance when I'm moving quickly but I didn't know how to keep my balance moving slow mm-hmm. and so I said okay all right let's do it and you know the physical like Rocky Four soundtrack like montage music mm-hmm. starts coming on and I'm in the gym and I'm doing like one-legged deadlifts and slow balancing lunges and I just realized like I've got to learn how to balance myself in slow movement and build my small muscles but but emotionally and mentally it, it was really a lot about being able to be patient and simple um, so it's been fantastic and they've been way more patient with me than I've been with myself and they've taught me so many, like, I don't know if you'd say mantras, but, like, so many little things where I'm, like, constantly, you know, feeling, like, not enough. And mm-hmm. just, like, little phrases that they would shoot me here and there. But just, just they're, like, really, really solid. Like, every time I'm stressing out, they're like, it takes time. Or, um, don't worry about it, don't do it again. Or, like, you know, you can't practice it. The real, the real practice is on the field. So just keep going. Like, these kinds of things, I, I tremendous what I've learned from this experience seriously and it's so not my style in terms of um the movement but like at the audition you know when we did the solos he said like why why do you want to be with our group and I said because even though we move different we both honor culture and you guys have never compromised your integrity and yet you've somehow been able to create something that's real hip-hop that still can touch the lives of like grandparents and you know little kids and and you you gave hip hop more re- like you helped people understand and respect hip hop without ever watering it down and that's that's amazing and that's something I'm totally down to be like in support of so i feel like you know we just we share a common mentality you know but yes the movement kicks my ass still and it's it's still it's still humbling for me to feel like I'm the weakest link there. Like I'm still fighting. Like I just did a private yesterday with um, Lucille because I was like I need help. Uh, <laughs> so I'm still trying to figure it out a year later. That's really beautiful because your your movement is in such an advanced place and you're teaching and all this all this stuff and to see like like JoJo goes through that. Oh my god, yeah. it's okay. Yeah. And then also. I kind of feel because I'm still in Los Angeles, and I know we're gonna get to some of the stuff I actually said we talk about, <laughs> but I'm, I'll be responsible for it. But damn, this is amazing. Also, I'm in a fit a place, geographically where it's like, as a woman, it can feel terrifying after like you don't want to wear. Uh, I do wear a belly shirt, but as I, I was gonna say, you don't want to wear a belly shirt and you're over twenty five. Like <laughs> it just feels like there's so much emphasis on dance work is up until a certain time and then it's over there's like no exciting work or you're not going to be booked or all this stuff and I'm like I don't know what my path looks like but do you have anything to say being in your own path and that you're a performing dancer yeah while you do everything else um yeah you know it's it's interesting because um I do I do feel that you know in hindsight I feel like I've gotten to scratch a lot of itches itch a lot of scratches in this particular you know life and and even inside of like my dance focus career path Mm -hmm. um so yeah so being being a like a you know whatever you would say like a regular performer um 
that is definitely a new position for me and definitely not something I would have predicted at this time in my life, you know. And I don't know that there would have been a lot of things that I would have done this for. Like, I was always really clear that I didn't want to be on tour. Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't want to do backup dancing. I didn't want to do the same thing over and over again. And obviously, being on stage, there is a lot of element about doing the same thing over and over again. We do get a lot of improv moments so cool. and character and stuff like that. So I wouldn't say any show feels the same. Like, we have, like, legitimate skits and, you know, I, so I was trying to come up with a description for Jabberwockies, but mm. I would say we're kind of like rascally hip-hop mimes. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so um, the the rascally part is where we get to be pretty pretty funny. and um, But, yeah, so I guess I just, you know, we make plans and God laughs, you know? Yes. Like, it's, uh, it's really you just don't know what's going to happen. And um, I, I will say, actually, there was a... There was a time period where I judged myself for being this age and having that job. Like, mm. oh, why don't I have more? And how come I'm not in the director position for... But it's, um, it's serving me tremendously. And I just, uh, I, just, I just feel like since I've let go and let God dictate where he wants me to be, things, you know, they're just a lot smoother. But it was, it was mentally, emotionally, spiritually, psychologically, artistically, dancically phenomenal for me as an experience and still is that's and so cool yeah I mean I can totally see how it shifted my movement totally and and my personality everything that's so cool yeah really wow. really cool so I just I think you know just kind of go with it I like how I said don't make noise and I've been doing <laughs> this the whole time I remember the last coffee. time we did this was it you or someone else but Someone had opened a wrapper and they oh. were just doing it so <laughs> slow. Dakota. Dakota made it make it out a lot of noise. And I was like, do you want to just pause so that we can do so that it's not going on for 30 seconds? Oh, my God. And I'm going to work backwards because I definitely um, feel the conversation around mental health, like, wanting to pop out. Okay. Before we get into it, can you speak about your decision to leave Los Angeles and move somewhere else because so many of our episodes follow the story of coming to LA or going to New York between these two coasts we don't have anything about what happens afterwards or when you leave or like right yeah so there was a moment when I was in carnival and uh and the person next to me was like oh this is so dope or something you know something like that and I was like well, I've seen this piece like 150 times, you know? And they were like, huh? Right? And in that moment, I realized like, oh my gosh, I've, be- I've become like an old grump. <laughs> <laughs> and the thing is, you know, I idolized Carnival. Mm-hmm. Carnival was actually a reason, like one of the reasons I ended up moving to LA. Wow. Um, long story short, I was working at like a soap store Mm -hmm. and I had gotten a warning about like the time off that I had been taking and then Tony Czar asked me to be in this carnival piece and so I was like I'm going to LA (laughs) I'm not going to not do that (laughs) and so I called them on the way to LA to tell them I couldn't make it (laughs) and she the store manager was like 
okay, well, clearly you don't fully want to be here, so you're going to need to choose between <laughs> here and dance. And it was like, oh, okay, well, um, do you want me to like put my two weeks in now? Or like when, I, you know, it was like no, no brainer. Um, so anyway, so LA is like a reason, like a big reason why I came, you know? And then that moment where I was like, I think this piece 150 times, you know, I just, I just realized like it had lost the glamour for mm-hmm. me. And, you know, it just, it's, that's good. It's good. I, I grew up and my priorities changed and what's interesting to me changed, but I knew that I needed to leave because mm-hmm. one, everybody deserved that same experience that I did, you know, and not, carnival is not doing anything wrong. People, kids are just going to be cool for as long as they're kids, you yeah. know, and, um, yeah, shout out to Paulette and Carrie. They're amazing, you know? Yeah. yeah, so I just, you know, that was like a big turning moment. I kind of like really heard myself in that moment. And I was like, ah, I don't want to put this energy here. You know, mm-hmm. I don't want to do that to the people here. They deserve they deserve their fun time just like I had, you know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so I, I didn't really know where to go. So I just went to Phoenix for a bit, which is where my family lives. It's not where I'm from, but it's where my family lives now. Mm-hmm. Just kind of chilled there. And then when I was there, I started getting work in Vegas, which uh, at the time I had a huge stigmatism about Vegas, mm-hmm. um, so I was like, I'm not going, I hate that place, the place is evil, the strip, you know, <laughs> but um, yeah, when I, so I was going there, it was like a monthly gig, and I just realized, like, man, I just loved, I loved it, and then Soul started coming with me, and we would go out, and <clears throat> I'm just like, man, we're, we're like happier when we're there, and this, the, like, the ciphers there are really dope, there's actually Some a crazy the, amount of talent, and the dopest dance, like, the creme de la creme has, like, moved to Vegas. Some of the... Yeah. the best. For real, because it's uh, way less populated. Not everybody's in an effing hurry all the time. It's a third less... Like, a third as expensive. Mm-hmm. So I can live so much better. And when the strip doesn't come to me, I don't go to the strip. Like, I just go there for work. That's it. But I didn't... I thought that Vegas was the strip. And the strip is, like, one... 20th of Vegas. Is it boring outside of the strip? No. There's like downtown Las Vegas. And the thing is like, uh, right, you want to think about there's such a strong tourist culture, which means that there's going to be a really, really strong local culture because oh. we've got to stick together. So the arts culture there is is really dope. Shout out to MP Art for, um, you know, he does a lot of work in the community. And uh, yeah, so but there's there's a lot of there's a lot of culture in, um, in Las Vegas, especially down in downtown. Doesn't but the nature there is like mind blowing. Like you don't hear about the nature in Vegas. No, never. But I'm I'm 15 minutes from like two different Red Rock sites, like two hours from Zion, 45 minutes from Mount Charleston, which is like an easy 30 degree drop. So if I want to go see snow, I could go see snow. Go hiking, like legit hiking, hiking, like waterfall hiking. It's ridiculous. I like, want to visit Vegas. Here. Vegas is. Bomb. Oh my god! I, I love I love living in Vegas, and I live in Spring Valley, which is the southwest side. So it's like less than four hours to LA, fifteen minutes to hiking, fifteen minutes to the airport, twenty five to downtown. That's so sweet. Yeah, it's bomb. That's so sweet. Do you see yourself living there for a long time? Long time. Wow. A decade at least. Well, I yeah. have a friend that's been asking me to visit, so yeah, it's bomb. Come visit me. I have a I have a two bedroom apartment to myself. Really? Yes. I would love that. Yes. Seriously. Yes. I'm uh, giving you eye contact to eye give contact. the like. Bomb. Let's do it. <gasps> yes. But I'm going to tell you, oh. be careful because you're going to be envious. <laughs> because you can live like really well in Vegas. I mean, it'll open my mind. It'll open my mind to it'll another possibility. It'll open possible. your mind. Yeah, I'm not into um, ignorance. 
Like, ignorance for me is not bliss. That, there we go. <laughs> I don't know if I ever... Yeah, I'm into ignorance. <laughs> no, some people think like, ignorance if is you, bliss. If you did, wouldn't that not... Couldn't you never, ever say that? That's so it, true, because you're ignorant. Because you couldn't. Done. <laughs> All right. Oh, my God, I'm excited about life. This latte just hit. Um, so... And not a minute to laugh. <laughs> Sorry, a dad joke. I had a dad joke. I have so many dad jokes. I laugh at them. No one else does. And then we've been talking about mental health. Where is this coming from? This path, this passion, this All right. focus. So when people ask you like what you've been doing your whole life, like I can tell you, like I've been thinking about thoughts since I was a little kid. Mm-hmm. Like I have really vivid memories of sitting in church like pondering how the essence of so, like how someone next to me could be a completely different universe like wow like what it why is that person the way that they are and yeah so that's that's something that's been intriguing me since I was a little girl and I think that it's had its share of ups, you know positives and negatives to be so pensive all the time but that's been really really intriguing and um and, uh, you know, so I, I think for my own health, you know, I struggled a lot with like depression and um, I was doing a lot of overcompensation due to some things that I was dealing with. And um, once I found uh, Landmark, which I know you're familiar with, but uh, Landmark Education is like a, it's, it's a meta thought based, right? It's it a meta thought based um, education. It's like a three day program and you go and you basically learn about your thoughts and you take a tour of your mind and it is. basically you know you just learn different tools to access like the lineage of where your identity is coming from and you can recreate it basically and that was a huge turning point for me and then Christ re-entered my life um, about four years ago and that also was a huge turning point for me so Landmark I think I took Landmark like six years ago so those things like really started heightening this but I've been putting like the psychological arts therapy into my artwork since my very first concept video which was maybe 10 years ago so that's always been present and every stage piece that you've ever seen even if it was like house and it doesn't look like it behind the scenes we were discussing particular personal issues and then breaking through them on stage and the, the theory was always like we're not performing, we're letting people watch us have an experience together. Mm. And so we were, we, we knew what the private intention was. And if you ever saw like motions where, I know you guys can't see me out there, but <laughs> motions where I'm like slamming like an, a, an, an energy wall, mm-hmm. we were like either sending out some kind of positive energy or we were breaking through some stuff. Like there was our own symbols, but they weren't really recognizable. And so that was always present and now just as I'm getting older and I'm finding how how much mental health isn't talked about and how much stigmatism there is around like the word therapist or anything like that like people think that you know just art alone is like the the source for therapy and I'm sure it helps but unless you're really uncovering the root of certain things I feel like it's going to just be cyclical. And so I just I don't know I think maybe just my own personal journey as a woman just growing older and getting becoming more in the place of wanting to just literally serve others you know and not have it be about me at all um not having the same interests to go battle like 
okay, cool, you beat me, that's amazing, you know, like, just not having the, the same feeling of anything to prove, or just really just not having things be about me has just more and more and more shifted my, um, my interest in this kind of communication and helping others find access to their own strengths and power, so I think it's been gradual, but also, it, you know, recently I've said, like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm officially transitioning now, you know, but it's been... It's been a very, very slow, you know, what would you say, like, switch? It's like a very gradual, like, it's always, like, maybe you could say it's like, it was like 2080, yeah. 80 dance, and now it's it's just, it's like slowly tipped over, and now it's like 80 mental health, 20 dance. How have you been developing this? How is it showing up in your life? When you're saying you're switching, like, what are you doing now where it was more dance occupying, or, like, what does that look like in your life? Yeah, so, I mean, I was really thinking a lot about, you know, teaching classes and, um, you know, I was teaching in Vegas, uh, you know, still coming back to, to L.A. to teach at ML and stuff like that and, you know, thinking a lot about stage work, um, whereas more so I'm developing, I've been developing these seminars, it's called the Reflection Series. The first in the course is called Reflection and that's, um, I've done that here in L.A. and in Vegas and basically it's like an introduction, it's like three hours long and we begin to take a tour of where you've been coming from and some of it is I would say applicable from Landmark but a lot of it I mean the tools and the names and sort of the dis- the definitions and the distinguishments I've come up with them and they're just tools basically we talk about a tool belt yeah and then there's like a creation which is like the graduate course and you figure out like how to use the new visibility that you have and so yeah, so shifting that, creating more seminars. I'm gonna be moving into like short film this year. Really, really short films, like little blurbs for people to just think about things. Building conferences, I'm doing my first conference in LA, uh, but Dick Zebra's gonna be building conferences as well, like talking about history as well as mental health. And yes. Yeah, so just basically I'm like opening up a lot of communication. That's so dope. And my, my mind goes immediately to wanting to know like, what is it grounded in? How do you choose what you're going to teach people and like, where is it coming from the concept and how you structure it so so the question is like how do I choose what I'm teaching people so right like reflection is it's, it's its own sort of syllabus structure how did you create the syllabus uh, it's a good question <laughs> I mean I don't want to say like out of thin air but basically you know something that I've learned from my meta thought studies is um, basically the understanding of identity mm. and being able to witness your creation of your identity. Mm-hmm. So not only is it about fully acknowledging the creation of your identity as a creation, <laughs> yeah. right? and oh not my God. the truth, yeah. then being able to go in there and literally dig deeper and find all of the wormholes, find all of the lineage and the attachments and the resistance, and then being able to basically cut those cords so that you can have your own choices. So what I really have done is basically shown people, like we talk about their point A on their GPS. And so you can't really get to your point B until you can fully acknowledge where you're coming from the water in the fish bowl analogy, mm-hmm. right? Like fish doesn't know that there's water in the bowl. Mm-hmm. So you have to see that there's water in your bowl. Oh, that's brilliant. So um, 
fully getting people to be clear of where they're actually coming from and that like whatever complaints they have are a creation of a resistance or a forcing away from this starting point. And then once you can really just open it up and look at that, and then like I said, cut those cords, now you have more freedom to create. So to tell you where it comes from, uh, I would say probably my own like neuroses. I don't know, like my my own struggle, like knowing what I needed to hear. And as I'm asking it, I have this visual in my head because we've crossed paths in so many different, I think, points now. And that's actually like, I feel like you channel, but that's how you create. When I've seen you teaching, you're so present Mm. and you always just have a clarity of what the room needs. Or at least when I've been there, Mm. you have a clarity and a way of connecting to us and you take all of your experience. And then now we have this mutual experience, but even... Um, when you were giving me coaching about, remember we had our, what do you call it? These ways that we would create intention for the week. Mm. And then you had this like diagram of check boxes. Yeah. So what it, just without going too deep down the rabbit hole, it'd be like, if I say that I want to be more powerful in myself this week, and I decide that's taking dance class, reading a book and having conversations with friends. And then for how long on how many days do I do it? And I create a box for each one and then check it off as I do it. And there's this whole system, and then you had kind of, like you had just kind of come up with it. Yeah. That's how you work. That's how you are a creative. Yeah, I guess so, yeah. I'm a Virgo, and we're known to be like really strong on both analytical and artistic (sighs) sides. That's awesome. So they said that like the, Virgo is the highest percentage of famous people. I think it's like, it's because we have both this ability to like, I don't know if I'd say professionalism, but like, you know, we can be very organized and then mm-hmm. we also have like a creative aspect about us. That's so usually it. it's a bit like lopsided, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. So, but that's like, it's a really good way to sum me up because I'm my little thing. I'm an analytical artist. Oh my God, I love it. So yeah, but I do think that, um, yeah, I would say some of it is channeling. But but seriously, like, you know, kind of funny and also not, but I, I've really struggled with a lot of mental health for mm-hmm. a long time, you know, like... I didn't feel good enough and I thought that all these things were you know true and um, I suffered for a lot of a lot of my life about you know just who I was and feeling very lost so I think part of it is you know turning that pain into purpose and yeah. being able to understand what other people need Wow and then what have you been learning out of creating these programs and being with people from this perspective so first I want to acknowledge that one thing I've learned tremendously is is the difference between helping others to help myself and helping others because I've helped myself oh, wow. and definitely for a long time I was helping others to help myself mm-hmm. <laughs> because that felt good and I wouldn't say that's like the worst of all the evils oh. however there's a there is a distinguishment and now that I'm really fully doing my own work and now I feel like more so that's overflowing I feel way more confident and detached from result because it's really just it is about service and not about anything about me yeah. um, so that's first but um, I think what I've learned is like you're really either going up or down like you know what I'm saying in in kind of everything we're getting closer we're going down so keeping myself around these kinds of topics 
mm-hmm. and conversations and um, re- constantly reminding myself of these things. It's uh, building those muscles because I'm obviously, you know, like human, I have a ton of thought going on. And if I'm going too far inward, then I can get, you know, caught up in that and those winds just like anybody else, right? So I think staying around this kind of communication and conversation um, just increases the momentum for me to be able to stay in that balance and be serving. Um, So, yes, I've learned that. And I think also I just would say I've learned uh, how, (laughs) how sneaky our subconscious mind is about or at keeping us from growth. Mm-hmm. Our subconscious mind is pretty sneaky. How does it like to show up for you? Because you're so growth oriented. You're always growing. But I think we're all always growing. I really do. Mm-hmm. Um, even if we're like strengthening that we don't want to be doing this, you know? <laughs> uh, for me, um, I mean, I think I'm, I'm more willing to grow in certain areas than others. I'm still like, there's still some things I can acknowledge to myself that I haven't they're not they're not at the top of my priority list right now but I know I got to do them mm-hmm. you know um but I think for me it shows up yeah I would say my number one sneaky is procrastination what does your procrastination look like and I can't even imagine you procrastinating I just my procrastination comes in the form of short-term uh, comfort. Mm-hmm. So hanging out with friends, um, receiving affection, watching a TV show, just any kind of short-term comfort. That's like fun to me. Well, it is, yeah. right? And there's moments where I could say, I'm cho- like I'm going to work all day and then I'm going to reward myself with blank. But... Mm-hmm. My procrastination comes in the form of like, oh, I'll just, I'll just do this real yeah. quick, right? And I know I've got something that I need to do, yeah. but I will say this, I'm so fired up about this reflection course that nothing's getting in that way. I spent like two days straight, like a lot more time than that, but I mean, two days straight writing, editing, recording, listening, re-editing, re-recording, editing, like... The, you know, when I'm, I'm in that moment where I, I don't have any desire to procrastinate or set it down. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, my sneaky procrastinator is in short-term comfort, which comes in the way of usually affection or laziness. Wow. And then you do have an event coming up, don't you? I do. <laughs> which I'm so <laughs> excited about. So it's my first conference that I'm producing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's, it's in LA actually, mm-hmm. and it's called I'm Powerment. And, uh, that's, I wanted to do it at the beginning of the year so people could feel that like new fresh feeling for the year. Um, and I also wanted to really expand the peripherals. So it's a total health celebration. So, um, I like that health celebration. Yes. Right. And I thought about doing, um, this word seminar. Mm-hmm. But oh no, forum. I was thinking about the word forum, but I was like, not a lot of people are gonna know exactly what that means. So I'm going with party. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> I have this one particular speaker in particular who's really amazing. Her name's Khalid. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all should have seen. I just 
literally spasmed. <laughs> yeah, so she's pretty awesome. Okay, so so it's a three-day conference. Yes, actually. I'm speaking at it. Yes. Thank you. Yeah, you're <laughs> so empowerment, total health celebration. I really wanted a lot of different facets of health to be talked about and to be considered. So the reflection series that I talked about earlier that I've been talking about a lot is going to be on Friday, and Saturday is going to be like a TED Talks kind of thing. Um, I have amazing, like I cannot believe people were so excited to be a part of it and just participate. Dana Wilson is going to be speaking. Um, I think she's going to talk about imagination mm. and, um, Will B. Bell is going to be there and he's going to be speaking. I don't know what he's talking about yet. Anthony Lee will be there. He's speaking, um, he'll be talking about like branding and professionalism and like how to use your strengths. Um, Hans Pierre from the Floridians will be there and he'll be talking about like community give back um, and like having social support. Um, of course, you'll be there. I don't know what you're talking about, but I'd love to hear. Um, Dr. Miguel Amario, who's mm-hmm. a, a physical therapist. So he's going to be talking about like self-care. Mm-hmm. Um, we have Brian Muskin. I don't know what he's going to be talking about. but Brian, he's... we did. Um, we coached in SELP together. Yes. So he's an amazing person and he really shifted his life from a particular sort of typical life to a totally different path and mm-hmm. maybe he'll talk about that and then Pam Pamela Heath uh, who's also a landmark graduate and her she has a signature talk called the power of yes oh yeah yeah so um, her and then possibly a couple other people but it's gonna be packed you know like just tons of information and that's gonna be like I said like a TED talks kind of feeling mm-hmm. um, and then that evening will be something called creation which is another seminar it's like the graduate course to reflection mm-hmm. And I touched on it briefly before, but basically it's like teaching people how to, okay, so you, okay, so we've seen our mind and we like know that we're a bunch of, like we're up to like kind of a lot of BS, right? Okay, so now how do we get to where we want to go? How do we recreate our path? How do we recreate our point A on the GPS? Mm-hmm. Um, and then Sunday is what's called the 20 for 20. And uh, basically you can come in, like just literally dance for a panel of people and then get feedback for 15 minutes, ask any questions that you want. Um, and then we'll have like a party, closing party celebration, and like a whole big panel. I can come to the party. Too. Yeah, totally. You can. We'll let you in. Okay. So, what do you you know you're gonna talk about? Yeah. Well, there's a conversation that keeps coming up. Um, I have a lot of a lot of people that have known me or been acquaintances with me that knew me like five years ago, and now there's a big big shift. Okay. And what it is really is that I went through Lyme's disease. Okay. Not there's a lot of other things, but that was a shortcut. Such an interesting phrasing. Mm. I went through it. Mm. Good. Oh, thanks. Cool. Yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. Cool. Um, so I had one of my biggest fears happen, which is that I had to sit out on the bench for a long time with no guarantee of ever getting back in the game. The game being dancing, whether professionally or for myself. Right. There was no guarantee. All of a sudden, I lose all of my energy. Um, and I noticed this theme of so many people I know, it's like they're afraid to sit down for one day, two days, or three days. And here I am knocked out for nearly a year. And while I was sitting there, there's so many things that I learned. Mm. Um, And just like a base, like base one of it was that I was pursuing a path that was a dream I created when I was 14. Here I was 27 and I got to come to terms with my dreams have shifted, but I'm attached to, I've been on this path for this long, let me just continue. Right. Another one, it got me really quick to what do I really care about in the world? And then it also taught me 
about living my life in a much more healthy way mm. like how much we take our own energy for granted and now Dope. that I only had you know now that a single conversation between you and me got me tired enough to nap for a few hours how am I going to spend my energy so that's dope is that does that work yeah cool that's amazing I mean I wasn't even saying that's dope in terms of like what you're talking about but just that whole context is really cool and props to you for um like literally I'm like I have this vision of you having like a panhandle and like sifting out like the gold in that situation that's really dope thank you I just got a reaction in my my gut like thank you and I I I remember sitting there because I was sitting a lot and being because called limes and I was like I'm gonna get everything I can bless you you. I told you (laughs) I told you I don't talk anymore I'm just a sneezer so (laughs) um I was like if I like this I have to get this is miserable this is some shit I have to get something out of this I'm gonna get everything I can because this is some bullshit right now right so that's amazing yeah should I cut this part out so that people don't know what I'm going to talk about? Mm. Okay. That's great. Thank Give them the bait. One of my goals, I don't even like calling it a goal, but is I want to be able to be however I am when I dance at any moment well, and not feel like I have to push out. Yeah. Well, we dance how we live. Mm. So you practice. Damn, Jojo. Yeah. You can practice how you live through your dance and you can practice how you dance through your, your life. But you... I, I would I would argue that you won't be able to dance like that until you are like that as a person. Until you're willing to be like that as a person. Until so you say. just practice it, you remember it. Yeah. You, mm. I forgot that that was even, I think from the top of the year resolution, it's perfect because we're in December. For this year was to not be afraid to step on a toe. Mm. Like I get so afraid of offending or stepping on someone's toe, so to speak. And it's like I could afford to step in out of my comfort zone because chances are I won't even do that. Yeah. So I would, I would love I would love to hear you just be. <laughs> I also get intimidated by you. You're so like you're so vulnerable and literally done like all the work to be like I'm here. I'm just Jojo and I still get intimidated. Why? I think it's man, this yeah. is this is fr- I mean, I'm sorry. No, no, no. It's not it's not something to be sorry about, but there's like there's like three people who haven't told me they're intimidated by me. And I don't understand because if you get to know me, like, I'm so very human. Mm. I think it's that maybe, well, who knows? I would actually love to, like, if you want, hold a space for inquiry. But I know that you're you're probably in it. But there's nothing wrong with it. It's just I know that you're not going to miss things. When I say things That's are in true. my way of being, you're going to catch every little thing. I'm a little policey. <laughs> Sorry about that. Shoot. I mean, so maybe it's... Policy? Yeah, and it's not It's not bad because the strength... So on one hand, it can be like, I can get some of my um, less desirable things will come to the surface and I can feel stuck. The other side of it is that you will challenge things that other people wouldn't even notice to go there or be bold enough. Yeah, well, and I would say, I mean, something I something I do personally feel is that... I'm someone who notices what they notice, but I do believe that we're all noticing it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I am policey because I speak up about it, mm-hmm. but I, I, I do actually feel that people typically are noticing it, mm-hmm. but they're not, they're not noticing that they're noticing, so they're not going to yeah. talk about it. But Totally. Yeah. And it's, 
I mean, this gets into the kind of super philosophical, I think, that we are the way we are and that if everyone was every way ever, like, we'd be a blob. You know what I mean? Right. You have the person who probably everything goes over their head and it's, you feel so much more free. But if you're having a really deep moment, they might not be the person to go to because it's going to go over their head. Right. And, like, you would get that. And sometimes it's intimidating because I, I can't hide behind anything. But how perfect <laughs> is that? Because that's your right. gift. Right. Well, and also something to be known is I can totally act like an idiot for <laughs> extended amounts of time and just be stupid, you know? And I've known you from, I don't know, since I was like 22, or I've known you from one of the messiest times in my life. Huh. And I don't want to make it wrong because there's things I'm learning from back then that I think were cool that I didn't notice about myself. Yeah. But you know me from like a messy time from a, when I wouldn't keep one commitment for the life of me. <laughs> So I sometimes that stuff is still there for me because, oh, you know right. what I mean? Right, right. It doesn't even have to necessarily be cleared. I just, like I, I've grown and changed, but I'm with the older versions of myself. Right. Because you've known me for that long. Right. Isn't that funny we say older? Yeah. It's really younger. What? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it feels older. I feel lighter with time. Yes, and I was just thinking, I was like still, because I was just having this conversation with someone yesterday, and I was like, why are you intimidated? <laughs> because, again, like, if you just hung out with me, you would see, like, I'm, I'm re- like, I don't have to talk about it all the time, but I think also something's in place mm-hmm. where I am going to be that way, and then people come to me with their stuff, mm-hmm. and then I feel a natural response to address it mm-hmm. in that position, maybe even because of age, mm-hmm. but then... If we just hung out a lot, then we would. I would tell. We would just make jokes about the office, or I would just. We would just talk about sneezes for half an. I mean, and you're super goofy and. I'm very very goofy. And then sometimes now maybe also it's mirroring because I've had people say to me sometimes that they're intimidated by me. What (laughs) I know, right? (laughs) That's so cool. (laughs) Because I could never ever ever picture. You being into like in the, yeah, in, the okay. in the best way yeah. in the best way. No, I know. I'm like, I'm like a little furball. I don't know. You are. I'm a, a walking. Furball. I'm a walking heart, but I can be in a different context, or maybe someone's younger than me, or yeah. what have you. Yeah. They get that side, and then we get stuck in this dichotomy. Like you're this or you're that. When really no. That's true. You're both super strong woman, empowered, grounded. You know, someone's gonna throw an object at you, and it's gonna hit them in their face. <laughs> And you also sway in the wind, dance around, and, like, laugh. Right. So. Yeah. We are so perfectly on time. It's disgusting. Well, what can I say? <laughs> I'm a Virgo, so that's what I do. Um, I was so interesting. And then also with you, I have a super brainy, I can overanalyze. And so I yeah. know I can, like, swim in that, though. Yeah. Because you're so intellectual. Yes. Yes, I'm very, I would say I am, um, even the, even the struggles I had as a child made me internal. It made me, you know, it like caused me to go inward and I just think I have a very deep, deep relationship with myself. Mm -hmm. And so I do think that that comes up into this space. Um, but I also have a, a very, very silly side, but I think that if people aren't aware of it being present, then they're going to automatically come into the position of like a student a little bit mm-hmm. or something like that. So because you be teacher. Because I be teacher. You be teacher. Yeah, but I also be idiot. <laughs> <laughs> um, today I asked 
I told Jojo I have a big hug for her waiting. I haven't seen her in so long. And she wrote plainly, I don't do hugs anymore. And then I was like very polite. I'm just curious. How do you like to greet people? I respect your space boundaries. And she said with sneezes. It was so good. Oh, I'm was... sorry, you're going to have to figure out a way to sneeze when you greet me. Absolutely, and maybe it'll... De- it depends also on which state you're in. It does. Geographically, yep. in country. It does. The, in it, Paris, yeah. four sneezes. Right. In Paris, four sneezes. Noho, it's just the one. <laughs> you dab while you dab. <laughs> um, you've been creating events for a long time. One could say you are a master at it. And the power that I see is, at least for the dance world, if there's something you want to see, you create it. I remember you saying, if there's something you want to see, create it. Right. Um, so I've seen it from the dance world, but it can be in any community. And it's so powerful because any one person can build that. Sure. So do you have any blueprints or tips for building an event if there's something you want? Yeah. Uh, well, you, you kind of spoke to it already. I think it's partially about reframing your complaint like looking at your complaint as a do we want to give an example mm, just listen to i mean just listening to you complain yeah if you like just listen to what you're complaining about can we play with an idea sure because i want to know what you would do with this um i hear a lot of the time and i say and oh shit i hear a lot of the time i go to a dance event and i feel like people aren't warm And now we're in a time of a lot of social media, at least in Los Angeles, kind of running things. Mm -hmm. So if that's the complaint, what could be a solution? So the complaint would be like going to events, you feel like people aren't like friendly? Yeah, not enough human heart to heart interaction Mm. where people just be themselves in the dance world. Mm. If you don't agree with me and you're listening, that's fine. We're using it as an example. Sure. Uh, I mean, I, I think that what it speaks to is like a lack of intimacy mm-hmm. that's, um, that's really present. And uh, I, think it's, I think it's kind of everywhere, but I do think it's really profound, unfortunately, in L.A. I think the gentle ladies are doing some good stuff. They're creating some events that are um, okay. like they did like a Sadie Hawkins dance where like the woman invited the guy. You know, I think mm-hmm. it's kind of um, it's going to be like breaking down walls, basically. So creating some kind of space where you're questioning social norms or you're getting people to actually talk to each other you know maybe it's like a you know actually dig steeper did what's called a community panel um we do a community panel like every five events Mm -hmm. so it's usually like once a year and at that panel we have everybody stand up they get in like we do like a couple icebreakers but then we have people go and like acknowledge one another and then we have people go and like acknowledge if they have anything to clean up and then we sit in a circle and then we talk about like what's been going on in the community and what people need and want. So maybe it's like about creating a round table or a, maybe it sounds like creating smaller events and you know, have it be like a, um, like, you know, underground means like there's no promotion, right? So like it can only be ha- like, maybe you have a party, but it's only by word of mouth that people are allowed to get in. So everybody is going to talk to everybody. You know, something where it's creating intimacy and introducing new things. So. And I have an idea popping up out of this right now. If you're listening to this, and especially if you're in um, Los Angeles area, and you feel that you want to connect, can you please send me an email or DM, let's meet or let's create a round table. I want to meet people in person. Yeah. I sound like a commercial, but seriously, dance podcast at gmail.com or at dancepeakpodcast on Instagram. Yeah. And then back to what are the steps of creating an event? 
I totally took us into a rabbit hole. No, no, that's totally cool. Um, I think in terms of professionalism, I do, um, I strongly feel that artists have a resistance to being too organized. It's like not cool or something, something odd is it happening It constricts there. my creativity. Yeah, and that's such crap. Go read Twilight Art, right? Um, I just saw her. What? We have to, I just saw her in New York, and she, this, ha, huh, she was explaining on stage some of her early works, and then she actually performed, and so our eyes are bugging out, and so this was such a gift, and it's because my mother loves the arts, and when I'm coming to New York, she's like, which dance show are we going to see? Right. Um, and there's a cool thing in New York with, it's not just New York, but you don't have to be a dancer to go to dance things, like people appreciate dance to watch, regardless of what they do professionally. But she was describing her early works and what was really cool about her, I was first just hearing her talk and just seeing how she is and she's on stage with her sweatshirt. But you know, I'm always thinking of like, making the perfect piece of choreography and doing everything down to a T. And she's talking about how minimalism was in and she had like her first piece that the public saw with somebody standing in releve for the entirety of a song. And how she had a piece where half of the piece took place backstage. And <laughs> but she was doing what she, what she felt. It was about being an artist and creative and seeing mm. what works, what doesn't. It, what, she wasn't a slave to the audience. She was experimenting and inviting them in. Mm. So anyways, yeah. That's dope. Twilight Tharp is great. But anyway, yeah, so I just, I just think that, um, that artists and dancers have a resistance to professionalism. And mm. uh, like even hip-hop time is like kind of funny and cool. And I'm like stop it like no one's gonna take this culture seriously if we don't you know take this on so first i think it's being willing to like be on point and like checking yourself like where am i uncomfortable with being quote unquote too on point like no first just check in with yourself psychologically if you're intimidated by your own power for Mm. real for real so that's kind of like the foundation for everything and then you know logistically tactically get a team get a team of people who are going to help you and um you know you're not going to be able to to know every single facet so get people like get people to brainstorm with you get people to help you create get people to help you with the flyer and the studio and the, the music and who you should ask ask talk really for real i i even with empowerment, I was calling people and you and Miguel mm-hmm. and Charlie and Jade and a lot of people like, what should I do? What should I not do? Is this good? Do you like this? Is this inspiring you? You know, so I'm going to hold on to my ethics, my, my, my mission, but how to deliver that, I think we can really grow from talking to people. So, um, but in terms of specifics, I mean, it's just so variable depending on what you're creating, but and what about the, I don't know if you have this story, I'd be curious if you do in your head, the, I don't, I'm, bu- I'm so busy, like how do I take this on in my schedule and the, I don't have a budget. I know those things come up for me and sometimes when I bring things up, usually it's budget for other people. I don't have that. You just don't have it, that's mm-hmm. wonderful. And I don't have I'm busy or budget because I just know it's innate for me that people want to be a part of something that's contributing. So if I'm not doing my part, like I always say like people following their dreams helps people follow their dreams. So if I can just, you know, 
enroll someone in what I'm doing, then they'll want to be a part of it, and then budget wouldn't stop either one of us. That's so dope. But then, but for some of them, they they can't. Mm-hmm. But then that's then that's not the love match for us or this event. But some people really genuinely want to contribute, so you can at least start and just ask questions. So dope. And is there anything as we're wrapping up? Anything that we haven't talked about that? Um, I just you know one thing I really want. Um, to leave the dance world with in terms of like what I want to contribute is just you know this is something they talked about at Landmark all the time but like the best athletes in the world the best business people in the world the, the, the most successful people in the world all have coaches and there's so much pride and stigmatism <laughs> against like having someone yes. who's going to be your coach your support system and like even if it's not me I want people to reach out and get support to upgrade themselves because Every single person impacts the community. The community is not some blob over there. You impact the community and your growth impacts the community. Your kindness is contagious. Your bullying is contagious. Your healthy habits, they will, con- they will be contagious. And so I just want people to, to seek out and ask for outside perspective because we are the last persons to find out about our stuff. Everybody else can see us way more clearly than we can usually see ourselves. And so reaching out and asking people for help, that's not shameful. That's literally the fastest way for your growth and the growth of the community. And there's just so much like, no, I should be able to do it on my own. No, that's literally stupid. <laughs> like, nope, like that's not successful. And this is not my promotion. I want people to just get coaches. You know, some people want to do it for free. Some people, you yes, you'll pay for it. But I think the more that we band together and unite and communicate with what's going on with ourselves I think the community will really really rise and one person like don't under don't underestimate how important your role is like your growth is important to the whole community so I have to I have to say this this is so interesting that you're talking about what you're talking about today because like two episodes ago with somebody talking about their own low with mental health and mm. we're just having that real conversation. Yeah. The last episode we had was a life coach on a call with a dancer. Oh, dope. Trying to figure it out. Oh, that's dope. And it's just a recorded coaching call. Yeah. And I'm, you know, maybe it's my own consciousness, but I'm like, maybe this isn't the collective consciousness because we haven't really gone there before. Right. As we've gone and the way the episodes are lining up and then you're, it's just perfect. Yeah. We're yeah. right on time. I do feel like it's collective. I, I really do feel like there's a shift happening right now. And I, and I do feel that for whatever reason, and I, I don't mean this as a pat on my back, but I do feel like I am one of those people who does shift certain things. Yes. Um, like Digs Deeper shifted a lot of the events, and I think that we're moving into conferences, starting to shift certain things. And so it's great. This is a, a wonderful direction for our community to be going in and very very grateful oh my goodness and i want to acknowledge you for showing up today you came from vegas yeah you were so down to and time is super precious time is one of the most valuable resources we have really yeah and you were down to come here and talk to me and let me pick your brain um and how much how much you really care to extend yourself to others and i want to acknowledge you and thank you for all the times you've been on the phone with me like like giving me, you know, I'm like, Jojo, what's your two cents? Or you care. And that creates a space in the world, even if we don't get to talk Mm -hmm. all the time, or even if there are people you haven't met that are impacted by you, like we're getting impacted. Mm. 
and it creates a powerful web. And then I really want people to know what's a bit available available to them for what you offer, yeah. whether it's dance privates or coaching. So what's the best way they can connect with you and what are you offering? If you, Yes, thanks. Um, so I would really love for as many people as possible to have access to this event that's going on the conference in L.A. Um, so you can, that's on January, uh, the first weekend in January. And um, so you can find out information about that from, um, that'll be on the Facebook page, I'm Power Mint, uh, the Facebook event page, or you can just email me at jojocanfly at gmail.com. And then I'm doing online coaching and um, also online like private lessons. Mm-hmm. So those are really dope. Like we just get onto FaceTime and you do we do private lessons like that and they've been phenomenal. And a lot of people will do a coaching session and then a private lesson because we access like what's going on internally and then like how that's impacting your movement. So, so that's cool. like a pretty cool like two hour session. But basically just hit me up, Jojo can fly at gmail.com and I'll 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 pretty much work it out with you. But um yeah, that's that's what's coming up in the next foreseeable future. That's awesome, and I'm happy for us um, to post your fly on our like Instagram stories. Don't, and thank you for that. If again, if you're listening, so this is for January of 2019, um, and you're like, it's I want to make it as easy as possible. So you can also just DM us, and I can give you a link to the flyer. Yeah, and um, I'll I'll be posting up the flyer, um, in like the main studios. But it's that first weekend, January 4th to the 6th. Thank you for. Oh, and who is it for? What do you mean? Like, who is it for? Is it for beginner dancers? Oh, like, who should is take it? Just it? For, yeah. Yeah, like, literally any artist. It's, any it's artist. It's really for, like, any kind of artist. I mean, it's really, the demographic is the world, but I have really catered it towards, like, artistry. Perfect. For people to, you know, understand how to navigate their artist head. I love it. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, my pleasure. Woo! Thanks I'll, for having me yay! so much for listening to our dance speak podcast for inquiries suggestions comments on your favorite guests or who you'd like to see on the show please email us at dancespeakpodcast at gmail.com that's d-a-n-c-e-s-p-e-a-k-p-o-d-c-a-s-t at gmail.com and check back in next week for our latest interview thank you so much